stories heal. Stories hurt. If we repeat them often enough, they become real. They make us who we are. They have such power. This I learned on the very last autumn of our childhood. Hey everyone out there, happy Halloween! We are the Undercast Company, and this is the Underrated Podcast, a podcast where we discuss films that we feel are underrated, underappreciated, and even the ones that have slipped under the radar and passed most people by. Uh, I am Derek McDuff, and with me today are my spooky co-hosts, Ariel Ortiz. Hello. And the Spookmaster himself, our horror expert, Alan Torres. Everybody, how's it going? Today, for this Halloween spectacular, we're going to be talking about 2019's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, uh, based on the children's book series of the same name, directed by Andre Overdahl. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, uh, the children's books, of course, originally compiled and written by Alan Schwartz. Um, so this is a movie, like I said, that came out in 2019, a Halloween film, um, but uh, it's kind of based on an anthology of different stories, um, but in this film they are kind of telling a coherent narrative. Yeah, let me look. This It did not great at the box office. It was produced by Guillermo del Toro, which was kind of one of the big draws. Um, did okay at the box office, like I said, $106 million, which is... Not gonna set the world on fire, but okay. Um, uh, did okay. Same, same with the uh, critical response. Uh, got seventy eight percent. So, you know, all right. Um, but it was just kind of a movie that came out, and then pretty much everybody instantly forgot about. Um, there's, there was, you know, it seemed like they were maybe gonna build towards a sequel, but there has not really been any buzz about that. Yeah, um, it's still saying it's in pre production, so there's still <laughs> hope, but we'll hopefully see. Yeah. But um, this was my pick for this week uh, for Halloween. It was my turn to pick a uh, spooky movie. Um, but what did you guys think of the film? Um, I I enjoyed it. It, it definitely was creepy, spooky, um, scary, scary story to tell in the dark. Kind of like, with my history on that is very much like like I for the most part I'm very scared of it. Um, they do freak me out. Um. There was a time where I was, like, not freaked out too much. I think, like, when I was a little bit younger. And then, like, it going back and reading them, they started to freak me out a lot. And, yeah, I it definitely contributes to, like, or one of the contributions to that is the um, illustrations that are in the books. Um, and that's, oh, those charcoal movie, strongs are so yeah, creepy. Yeah, and then this movie kind of definitely captured those and and was paid homage to those very well um like the pale woman is def is one from the the book itself um the scarecrow too harold is is part of the uh, like essentially all of these are a part of the scary story um book and um yeah just like so freaking out freaky and like um i i am i would look forward to an another one, especially with that cliffhanger that they kind of left. Uh, I did enjoy the main characters, um, uh, of of um, the you know the girl and then um, uh, is it just 
Ramon? Raymond, Ramon, yeah, sorry about that. Um, and yeah, to them kind of like uncovering the story of like, you know, like this girl who's like, was tortured by her family and like just trying to uncover the truth and let the world know about like what they did to to the town and stuff like that. And, uh, and yeah, it's it's very much like a, a, a heartbreaking movie and uh, um, adds that creepiness. I just saw like that the director was the director for uh, is it Autopsy of Jane Doe. Is that the one that's named up? Um, but I've heard that that one's really good of a, a scary story um, or a scary movie. And then um, also you have, you know, Guillermo del Toro. And I think that's what lent to the creepiness of the of the monsters is like his influence and like probably like having his studio kind of, or his production teams kind of like work on that monster on those monsters. Um like they of course like i know we 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 like practical here but i was very much impressed with the design of the of the monsters and like uh it and especially the the um pale lady i think the pale lady might have i wouldn't be surprised if the pale lady one had uh, like some elements of um of practical because that one seems like a bit practical and then also harold um the scarecrow but but yeah, hey, lady, is that the is that the one the ghost? No, the that, one that, 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 that creepy like the really big white lady with the black eyes like uh -huh. she's like yeah, that it's, it's was that one. freaky. Yeah, Holy yeah shit. especially with the red mm -hmm. the red lights mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then yeah, Harold is is the scarecrow and stuff like that. Um. But yeah, I I was I didn't expect it to be set at in the sixties. I thought it was set in present day. Like looking at the trailers and stuff, you could even I wouldn't even like even watching the movie. You can't tell like it was set in the sixties. Um, I'm wondering if if uh, if in other if they do continue the series, if that that kind of time period sets the stage on something. I mean, it definitely set the set contributed a little bit to like the Viet the uh, the background of like the Vietnam War happening and also like the prejudice against um um Ramon and stuff like that. Um plus all the Nixon stuff I thought was interesting thrown in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. it's happening right on the you know as it's leading up to Nixon's election. Uh yeah. And yeah, that was just it, it's it was a pretty good movie. I mean, I definitely enjoyed it. It it um had that creepiness. It wasn't cheesy at all. Like it took itself very serious. Um, I you know you felt you felt sad when these characters, except for the bully, um, except for Tommy, um, but with the friends, you felt sad that like this happened to them. You know, like, um, and. Yeah, I just like um really hope for a, a second one to come out. Yeah. Well, um I dug it. I, I thought it was a a really good uh version of like adapting a book with that kind of style. I really dug it, especially like the art direction with like the monsters. I thought that was great. Um I will say like, you know, there's movies like VHS or like ABCs of Death and all that where they kind of do, well, I don't know about ABC's Death, but I know VHS and, like, there's another anthology movie where they kind of do, like, the stories, like, they, they, there's a, a wraparound story that brings those stories together, and I like that with this one, 
I thought that's what they were going to do, was they were going to do something like that. But what I like with this one is instead they tried making a story that connects all of them instead of just having, like, a wraparound story, which I, I really dug. I mean, it works really well for VHS, and I think it's, like, the Mortuary Collection or something like that. It's on Shudder. Um, and, and I dug that a lot. The one thing I, I kind of didn't care for too much was, like, the film's main story. Even though, like, I liked what they were doing, I thought it was, like, I'm not going to lie. There were so many times where I was like, wait, what's going on? Because, like, the, 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 the main story gets kind of, like, um, kind of takes a backseat where you get to see all the cool, you know, stories from the books appear. Like, you get, like, the Pale Lady. You get the uh, the, the Ramones, like, monster. my toe. Yeah. Oh. And then the, the, the toe stuff. Yeah. Like, I feel like you're kind of looking for that. Like, you're, like, excited for those stories because you kind of want to see those be adapted. So I think, because this is the second time I saw it. I saw it twice. And still, like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like you're just so excited for those stories and, like, seeing the monsters and seeing, like, the, the charcoal designs kind of come to life kind of steal from the, the main plot. Because, like, I, I like the characters, but I, I remember there were so many times where, like, I'm just so in awe of like how hard they're pushing the PG 13 rating and how well they're doing like the monsters and like the, the scary suspenseful scenes where I'm just like, Oh my God, this is great. And then they go back to what's going on and I'm like, wait, what was happening again? Cause you're kind of distracted by like all the cool stuff. But overall, like I think one of the highlights is how hard they push the rating because there was times where I was like, Whoa, dude, this is like, like, just give it a little more gore, just a little bit. It's an R rating, but I love the way they did it, especially with like Harold stabbing uh, that like asshole jock, and he makes him into a scarecrow. Like, that was so cool. It shocked me the second time. Like, even though I knew it was coming, like he stabs him, I'm like, oh my god, and then like the straws coming out, and like it did a really good job with b- body horror without being like absolutely gross out, like gore and everything, like. It was more like just disturbing, which I really dug a lot. Like especially with the the Harold killing the that one jock, and then the the pale lady like just like that kid. I didn't think he was gonna die, and she just like absorbs him with like the all the cool red lighting. Like that was just terrifying. Like I was like, holy shit! Like even though like I said, the stories, the main stories, whatever's everything else about this movie is like just spot on. Like just knocks it out of the park, especially with like. This, the, those scenes where I'm like, again, I'm just so shocked like that they went that far, because again, you, you know, it's a kids book, and and I mean the stories are pretty scary even when I read them as a kid. Um, I will say though the the spider scene, the spider bite scene, um, I still think the book one is a little scarier. I think because that charcoal drawing was just so scary and like just I don't know, it just stuck with me for so long. So like. I think maybe I overhyped myself, but I dug the scene. But other than that, yeah, I, I really like what they did. I mean, I would like to see another one. Uh, hopefully they can kind of, like, do a little better with, like, its main story. But, no, man, it it was great. Like, I highly recommend it. I think, like, one of my favorite parts of it is it reminds me of, like, how, like, back in the 80s, you would have, like, all these movies that weren't necessarily rated R and weren't necessarily horror but they had great special effects where it just pushed those ratings where I'm like, you know, we grew up watching as kids, you know, we saw Indiana Jones and like 
there's Temple of Doom where like they ripped the heart out and you're like, whoa, dude, that's intense. <laughs> but somehow they just do it in a way where it's not graphic enough where you're just like, okay, this will give me nightmares, but I'm not like grossed out kind of thing. Like yeah. with the the Ramones monster where like he's putting himself back together and then he snaps the sheriff's the, the sheriff's the sheriff's neck. A-cab. Like, huh? I said A-cab. This movie was way ahead of the time in fucking terms of just like all cops are bastards. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like that whole scene, I was like, whoa, this is like terrifying. Like, like I'm like, I don't know what they did to not get an R rating, but, but honestly, I, I would recommend it for like anybody who's getting into horror and is kind of scared a little, who's like, oh, you know, I want to watch a scary movie, but I don't want to like go too hard just yet into R ratings. You know, because in the 2000s, there was a lot of shitty horror movies that were PG-13 because they wanted to bring in more audience, you know, more revenue. Mm-hmm. But this one actually, like, knocks it out of the park. Like, does a really good job about it. But, yeah. Though, one question real fast. Mm-hmm. Why was it? Why did it take place in the 60s? Like, what was the purpose? Is that when the books came out or? They came out no. in the 80s, the late 80s, the early uh-huh. 90s. Um, uh-huh. I think it just kind of was the vibe of this kind of, like, you know, this time where, you know, kids could just, like, go outside and, like, you know, parents are not going to, like, be tracking them when they don't have phones to call or anything. Like, things could just happen. I think it just kind of, and, you know, with that Vietnam War setting and just kind of, you know, that plays into Ramon's story. And I think just kind of, the world was, it just the world of the 60s, I think, feel like, lent itself really well to the kind of story they were telling. I mean, that's just, I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but that's just a vibe I got. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like I said before, like it, it definitely could have taken place at any time. I think maybe like it might have in that way might have allowed them to like get away with a bit more of like uh, the kids kind of like getting to things. Like definitely like with the with the records and stuff like that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. how even though like they were being chased and getting caught, but like just like the records itself and then. It probably lends more to like the an old creepy house, like and that and like the founders of the small town, like it would be like around that time, like where, um, and then I think like urban legends is very much of like a sixties thing, yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, and I I really agree with most of what you're saying, Alan. Like, like I think you really hit it on the head when you, especially when you talk about like how this is. For me, it's just a perfect PG-13 horror film because it it really utilizes it. Like, sometimes you'll see, like, a rated R movie and it's just, like, some of the gore and violence and things like the things that they throw in just to, like, be like, okay, we're at R so we can do this sometimes feels unnecessary and it's just like, we're just doing this because we can. Whereas this, it's like the limitations almost made them the things that they could put in more scary because it's just like, okay... There is just this big, gross monster, like, horrible lady coming down the hall. There's just this creepy blob. And it's not like there's nothing there that would give it, like, you know, she doesn't stab him or, like, there's not anything. Like, it's just really disturbing. And I've, I've said before, anytime we've talked about a horror film, that's what is my jam, is horror movies that are horror thrillers, whatever, um, that are very kind of creepy and disturbing more than the ones that are surprising and shocking. Just, like, jump scares never do it for me i i can't i think jump scares are cheap and there's like only a couple of those in this movie there is a couple and i think they utilize them to like they're like okay we'll put in a few of them but we're not going to rely on them like a lot of like that's the problem when you rely on stuff like that this one it was just more like 
very foreboding and unnerving. Like that whole that's one of my favorite horror scenes in the past, you know, maybe five years is that scene where he's in the hallway and just everywhere he looks, no matter how fast he runs, she's just slowly coming at him. And she's not coming fast and he can't do anything, but he's still just trapped. Um I think for me, I didn't really have problems with the frame story. I thought I was going to going in. I was really um nervous about that. I was like, you know, anytime you have these anthology stories and you try to kind of like cram in like a weird frame story that wasn't there in the original books, like how they did with the Great Gatsby movie. That's my least favorite part of the Baz Luhrmann Gatsby is that they have like Nick writing the Great Gatsby in a sanatorium. I'm like, this is garbage. This part of the movie, awful. Um, and I was really worried for it in that regard, but it worked for me. I, I really connected with the characters. I thought that it tied all these kind of urban legends together. Um, I think that the best thing about it that it did was it kind of created a narrative through line and theme of stories have power. Um, which, you know, as me being a writer, I can definitely relate to that and understand that. And that was kind of the main, like the main horror theme is like, these are all just kind of stories and they have power, which tied into how the villain herself was created. She is only a villain because people made her a villain and she accepted that story that was told about her. They called her a monster and she became a monster. Um, so I really, really dug all of that. Um, just overall, like, I said, just really, really um, great film. I did like the kind of 60s vibes as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, one one of the most underrated, probably my favorite underrated specifically Halloween movie, because this is a movie that starts on Halloween, but then, you know, a lot of Halloween movies, you know, you get through Halloween and, okay, you just got to get through this night and you're good. It's like, no, this one, it's still coming, you know, like the, the things, these don't end. And, you know, horror is kind of traumatic like that. Um, I also liked, uh, just kind of a stray observation here, but that they are able to kind of, like, c prevent the monster, like, the stories from happening a little bit. You see, you know, they save the sister. She does still get, like, her face exploded with spiders and stuff, which is a creepy scene, too, by the way. But, like, it's like, okay, like, maybe we can fight back in this. There's not this feeling of inevitability of just kind of, like, sometimes when that, you know, that happens, like, in a movie, and you just see everyone kind of get slowly picked off, you're like, okay, how's the next person gonna die? But this one... Like, you believe, start to believe. They've got a chance to win here in the end, and I really dug that. But, yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I like where, like, horror's kind of going as of late. Um, especially with, like, including, like, like I mean, all previous horror movies, like slasher movies and stuff from the 80s and 90s, you know, they, they would have teenagers, you know, quotation marks uh, line up. But... But you can tell they're like people that are like in their twenties, even maybe our age. Yeah, kind of like it, you're okay with seeing them die. Like you're like they look pretty old. They don't look like high schoolers, you know. <laughs> but what I'm, I'm really liking, and I think it's a big influence from Stranger Things, is actually using actors that are that age. Yeah, and it actually makes it scarier. Like um, I don't know if you guys saw the. I haven't seen the third one, but uh, I saw the first two Fear Street movies. I absolutely love the first one and what made that one really scary and, and a really great like slasher flick was that the actors looked very young like there's a scene where this girl uh, she gets torn up pretty fucked up like it was a really great scene where I was like holy shit I didn't think that was gonna happen <laughs> she looked like 14 15 years old and like with this movie scary stories uh, tell in the dark like the kid, the the kid. I think that's 
my favorite scene out of the movie too, Derek, is, is the the pale lady, like you know, just absorbing him in that red hallway. Like just seeing him, like so scared. Like you know, it was a great suspenseful scene. Like it was scary. I think that's what made it a lot scarier for me was that they looked their age and like you know they actually acted like themselves, and it kind of makes you a little bit more like give a shit about them. So I'm I'm, I'm really appreciating that nowadays that like horror is finally kind of going fuck it like let's scare the shit out of these kids like yeah you know that there's so many things on the internet nowadays that like kids way younger than us have probably already seen that are way worse you know all this crazy (laughs) shit so i think like now hollywood's kind of going yeah fuck it throw them in dude i mean that's just it's all you know they can watch a horror movie anywhere now they can watch it on their phone they're gonna watch it on anything but um yeah it's like it they they've hit this like sweet spot of like um because i truthfully like uh kids like there's there was a region of kids with myself included where like we looked like kids for a while like i know like high schoolers now they're kind of like looking a bit more older and stuff like that like when they're in high school i could you know the bro is a testament to that he looks like he's i don't know man like he's got 20. that little tiny mustache it's grown yeah yeah but um yeah i guess that's too but yeah like that that one guy that's um i i i think of him Either he's he's a pretty good good actor and stuff like that, but I just think of him nowadays as like Kevin Smith's soon to be um um son in law, like because he's a date he's um Harley Quinn Smith's um boyfriend. That's so, like, the kid from the, the, kid, for, from like, the, the, the red hallway scene. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah, yeah. I just think of him as like like yeah Kevin Smith's um uh <laughs> son in law, uh, but. But no, he is really he good. Austin Zahur plays Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Yeah. Um, he's really funny too. He's really. He had funny. some great comedic timing in this movie. I think. Oh yeah, a lot of, no, all these he kids has, did. All these kids speaking, were very talented. Of, yeah, speaking of Kevin Smith, like over the quarantine, they they did like a, um, because he, in reality, in in real life, him and and Harley Quinn Smith um stood with Kevin Smith, and um, they did a really funny web series called i think it was my like my son-in-law in quarantine or something like that or my son in quarantine and that was really funny and he's he's really funny in it and then like he's coming on clerks three of course because now he's now he's in karen smith's like orbit <laughs> so so but no he's really funny and i i think like all the other actors did a really good job i i liked ramon a lot not just because you know um i think he he you know he captured they did a really good job of capturing like the discrimination that you know mexicans feel then and then feel now of just kind of like being the suspect sometimes being seen as a suspect in a in you know in a white community and stuff like that and um but he took it very much in stride and i liked that that about his character that he just like very much the mentality that i was taught you know, just like it's, it doesn't matter what like other people just work hard and get and do things, get things done and stuff like that. It's like, um, so I very much related to that character and like, um, I really did like that. That like they're like, do you have a switchblade? And he just doesn't answer. And then later on, he does have a switchblade, <laughs> and it's like really funny. Like, like I have, I have 
you know some kind of knife and stuff like that so it's just like yeah it's just like kind of like a thing <laughs> yeah no i think you guys are really hitting on it where the, they felt like real kids you know like these felt like you know um not to drag anything but like that i know dear evan hansen's getting you know kind of uh torn apart because the, the actor is definitely aged out of the role like he's in his 30s playing a 17 year old yeah um, it was yeah for that it's more about like, well, I don't want to get too, the, too much into yeah, it, but yeah, it, it's, a whole it's thing, a thing that happens like, all the time. A, yeah, there's a reason, like community, like Broadway musical fan community wise, that that we felt it was okay. But I know, like over the general audience, but that's another thing. Or something like you know <laughs> Logan Lerman. Like I remember, you know, when he's in he's in Thirteen Reasons Why, and I remember you know him playing a high schooler, but I remember him playing the same age on Lost ten years earlier, actually looking like a kid, you know. Um, Percy Jackson I, was in Thirteen Reasons Why. Not not Logan Lerman. Who's the guy who's in Thirteen yeah. Reasons Why? Oh, looks like that guy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's like I, I always get like confused. Yeah, they look he the did. same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, but um, yell at me in the you know comments, guys. Um, but like <laughs> I this, heard Thirteen you know, Reasons Why is like fucking graphic. I thought it was just some like teeny Netflix series. I mean, not no, to change they the they've like gotten yeah. in trouble to like that because I don't know if you don't know the background of Thirteen Reasons Why, but it's like the one it's, it's fucked kills, up. Her, kills yeah. herself. My and girlfriend that she was telling me about it. Yeah, okay, but yeah, right. but yeah. that whole that whole scene is is like unnecessarily graphic. Like in the I I haven't finished the book. But like I, we'll, I we'll get I it heard, off topic. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was just. I won't bring up it. any more teenagers and yeah, shows. I, I was just relating it because, like, you know, the actors are young, and with thirteen yeah. reasons why being so graphic as it is, I was like, I think that's probably what pushed it as well for, like, you know, people to really be emotionally invested in, especially with this movie, just like it, uh, you know, any Muzichetti's it movies and uh, Stranger Things, and with this as well and Fear Street, I feel like now the whole point is that Hollywood's going, hey, now let's actually use actors their age. And if we're young, because it just it just hits harder. It just honestly hits harder when you see like these young kids dying. Like you're like, holy shit! Like damn, that's yeah. And that's really that's exactly the point I was I was about to make is like you know like these they feel like actual kids. They you know who kind of are you know they don't really understand. Like they're figuring themselves out still. You know they're like I thought Augie for me was just like the MVP. Like he does feel like this awkward kid. You know like I love how they're like. You, oh, you've got a crush on every girl like he's just like this dorky you know hot, like middle school kid and i i'm just i thought he was really funny um but just kind of just you know like how he's he's that one kind of kid like who just everybody kind of like nobody laughs at him but you're like you're actually kind of hilarious you know but i i really liked all that stuff um but yeah um oh and i wanted to say unrelated to that uh not necessarily related to that but did you guys? I think did you guys catch that? It see, uh, it's kind of implied that some of the monsters are uh, her family members, like like they like a uh, Harold is what her brother, like that is yeah. like because when you have the flashback and she's talking mm -hmm. to her different family members, she said like someone says Harold, go tie her up or something. So it's kind of implied that like all the mm -hmm. monsters that you see are the family members of um oh my gosh why uh I was about Sarah. to call her Sarah here. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Sarah. It's Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. The Bellows family. Um. Sarah Bellows. Um. But yeah. Uh. I thought that was pretty interesting. Holy crap! No, I didn't oh, even yeah. catch that. I, didn't I, notice that one. I, I think it's because mentally, like when I when I would see the monsters, I just like gravitated towards the book. So I was just like, oh, it's that one. 
Yeah, and things I never really read the books. Um, I did a little bit, but they weren't like they didn't really do it for me. Like I wasn't really like um that scared by them for whatever reason. Um, so I was like, okay, I was a little skeptical going into this, but like it, this movie really did it for me. Um, so I thought I think it was really good Mexicans are very superstitious. Like I don't know about and we've talked about this before on the podcast. So like, mm-hmm. like we're just taught super like superstition at an early age. I don't know if it's for any Mex every Mexican, but a good chunk I think because there is still like those kinds of um of like uh, stores that that exist for us. But yeah, that we I think it's just that being taught you know being very superstitious. You know we have like the cuckoo and and la llorona and and like all these other things and and it's it's kind of like at least for me that's why i'm i i've always like been adverse to to um scary movies and and stuff like that for the most part (laughs) so so yeah that's why it's like um especially like with scary stories to tell in the dark and i probably that's probably why like i said like there was like a turning point where i was like okay with scary stories to tell in the dark but then like then I wasn't. It was probably because mm-hmm. like I got reminded of like a scary actual thing or you know <laughs> at home or something. So yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. I think how it builds on this this kind of oral tradition because you know the I think pretty much all of the stories are based on urban legends. They're yeah. not original. And like I remember my aunt would tell this one a version of the giving me my toe the the toe stew story. Like that was a campfire story that she would tell because my our families would go camping together all the time and it was kind of you know um in her version it was like they dug up somebody's bone so it was the same kind of idea though and i think you know that kind of ties back into what i was saying earlier about you know the power of stories and like you have these oral stories and then they get written down in this kind of collection and then they get turned into a film like this and it just kind of continues on the tradition which i think is really cool no yeah like you're absolutely right because i remember reading them and like uh i think they have like the hook or, or, or the, the hook or mm-hmm. urban legend like you know the, the 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 couples making out and like they hear like a like a noise on on the ceiling of the car and then they're like oh my god what is that and then there's a guy with a hook or whatever and he chases them down like that story and then um i think definitely the spider bite story was a big one too very like that one freaked me out because I, I read it when I was in elementary school. Yeah, like I, I would like pull that. I would I would uh, borrow that book from the library every other week, and just read it. And like I remember, you know, they're like, "Hey, don't fuck around with spiders because you know they're gonna bite you, and then there's gonna be a big old egg sack in your face." And I was like, "Oh my god, fuck spiders!" <laughs> but, but um, you know, I was like, "Only Peter Parker lucked out there." <laughs> but um, yeah, no, uh, I was. I, I know Derek. You said you hadn't really read the stories but i mean they're pretty much urban legends like what what, what were you guys's like favorite urban legends or stories from the from the books that's what i was about to say like i think i've blocked out a lot of the books because of how scary i got um i could look them up and get traumatized let me see <laughs> yeah like i said I, I never really read the book so the only one i knew was the giving my toe one uh, one yeah. I, I I would like to see it done. I don't know how they would fit it into the movies if they make a sequel. But my favorite was called High Beams, and this one was like just really fucking scary. Like it was just a very real thing that can happen. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that story. 
I do remember this. I That's agree. now that you say it, I remember reading that one or getting having it read to me at a very young age from that book. Uh, that was like I'm the most famous one. I feel like. Yeah, probably that one and, and like the that one. Oh shit, I remember that one. That one is terrifying because it's it's so real, and I remember. I don't know if you guys like you know growing up in the nineties your parents would be like, hey, don't play outside too late, you know, come home by, like, 7, or only play in the front yard or something. Like, my parents were very, oh, like, yeah. don't go anywhere. Like, like maybe every year I got older, they're like, okay, you can go a couple houses down. Okay, maybe you can go down the street, but you can't go anywhere. Like, you can't go around the block. And then it was stuff like that. And, like, for, for the listeners who don't know, High Beams, real quick, the, 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 the story is that this woman, she's driving home from work, and there's a car following her and he keeps flashing her his high beams at her and he's she's just like holy shit so she kind of starts freaking out she's going oh my god what's going on some guy's following me and like you know he he's following her for a long time and he keeps flashing his high beams at her and she's freaking out and then finally she gets home and she she runs inside the house the the car is still outside waiting and she calls the cops and then the cops roll up and they go, hey, what the fuck's going on? And she goes, that guy's been following me. I think he wants to kill me. And then they 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 get the car, they get the the, the other driver, and they go, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, there's a serial, there's a killer in the back of her car. And they go, what the fuck? So they go check, and lo and behold, there was like, they change it up all the time. There was an, a serial killer, an escaped convict, a gangster, whatever. And they go, holy shit. And, and they go, well, why do you follow her? And they're like, oh, every time I flash my high beams, he was, uh, he, that's when he was about to stab her or he was going to kill her. So I would flash my high beams to freak him out. So he'd go back down and you know, that, that's the whole story. So relating to like growing up in the nineties is that, you know, not until I was a little older in the seventies and eighties, that was something that was very, very real. And my parents didn't really tell me, but you know, after about asking them, I go, why the hell were you guys so strict? And they're like, Oh dude, somebody was fucking getting killed by a serial killer every other day somebody's hiding in the car somebody's hiding in their house you know richard ramirez and all that stuff was running around in the 80s so that just made that story super real and more like holy shit now every time i get in my car you know you know i check my backseat or if i see somebody's high beams go off i immediately like turn turn around but oh that's always been my favorite and i would always love to see that one because that one's just it's just scary and very very real so i would like to see that done yeah, I don't know if it they did it in scary stories to tell in the dark, but or if it's just like a, a urban legend. But always that the girl with the collar. I think it's it's called the collar or something like that. But yeah, essentially like this woman who always wears a collar around her neck and and like a, a essentially like she would never take it off. Like and and oh, then she gets yeah. married, and then she gets married, and then her, her you know she's like. Um, I think she's like, okay, I'll take it off and something like that, and then she takes it off and her head rolls off, like, because it's like, my God, yeah, I fucking yeah, yeah that one, that one is, that yeah, shit. that's in it. That one always just, scared yeah. me. That that uh -huh. one scared me. There was, oh, I just lost it. There was another one. Um, you reminded me of it when you said the wedding. It was uh, the, this girl. She was. Um, it was a Halloween night, which I'm surprised they didn't do it in this one because it took place on Halloween, but like maybe it just didn't fit in the story. But I think the Halloween these... of this of this movie set me the setup. So like, yeah. But go mm -hmm. on. But but um... this one was like I can't remember what it was called, but essentially this girl or, or all these people go out and hang out uh, on Halloween night at a graveyard and they're getting drunk, you know, doing 
teenager shit. And so everyone's kind of leaving the graveyard one by one. They're like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna call it a night. I'm done. And I think they dared the the girl. She was wearing like a wedding dress or something. And they tell her a story of like, oh yeah, this guy's like wife died or something like on their wedding day or, you know, again, it's in a religion. So they change the story little by little. And she's like, okay, whatever. You guys are scaring me. And then finally, when it's time to leave, I think she stayed last. And, you know, she's hanging out on this grave. And then finally, like, because it's dark, something, she gets up to leave and like something grabs her dress. And she's like, oh my God, it's the fucking guy. Like she starts freaking out and like, like trying to escape and she's trying to run away. But like, she can't, she can't, her, like she she feels like something's gripping her her dress, and she's freaking out. And she's like, "Oh my god!" Like something's tugging at me, and she just fucking dies. Like she just straight up just dies of fright because she was so terrified. And then the next day, you know, like the graveskeeper comes in, and he finds her, and there was just like a vine or something sticking out of the ground that her dress got caught on. And I feel like it's one of those things again. Like it relates to stories how powerful they are that. They, these kids were telling her the scary story on Halloween night and she thought it was that she thought like oh my god the dead have risen and you know they're grabbing on her dress and they're trying to pull her into the grave and then ultimately it was just all the story she just scared herself to death yeah yeah, yeah. Um, at my orientation of, of um, college they told scary stories and because they told this one scary story that they like scared us all because like um, somebody at the end like knocked at the door or some or the window or something like that um it caused like all of us to not sleep so that whole night so it's like yeah yeah i just remember when i watched i was watching final destination one back in the day on like a vhs tape or something and i had this like lamp on the top of my desk and like for anybody who hasn't seen final destination like it's all about like death is coming for you and like a little thing will happen and then a rube goldberg machine will come and chop your head off somehow but, like, my cat, fuck, I'm watching the movie, and my fucking cat tries to go up the the dresser. She doesn't make it all the way up, and she knocks off the lamp. And I just, like, see the TV's flash, so it looks like it's kind of flickering in slow motion. It just shatters and hits the ground. I'm just waiting for, like, it to cause a spark, and then it's going to light, and then my, my house is going to burn down, and then, I'm like, something's going to happen. I was so, it just freaked me out so much just in that moment. But, yeah. Have you guys ever seen the second one, Final Destination 2? I won't drive behind fucking logs on the freeway. Yeah. Exactly, no. exactly. Yeah. To this day, I see that, and I'm like, I'll merge to the next lane. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, I think I think definitely this is a movie that I would really recommend to anybody because it is a scary movie that, you know, that, you know, you can, because it's not... Are it's not graphic and you know crazy and violent or anything, but it is still very very frightening. So I think that really horror fans of any age, even if you're like scared by a lot of horror movies, you're disturbed by a lot of blood. Like you know, my mom who usually doesn't listen to or doesn't watch uh, scary movies, like I think even she could watch this. Um, but I do think even if you are a big horror fan, you like movies that are scary, it'll still do it for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely recommend, and and I really hope that they do follow up with the the next one i mean it is definitely i think it could still happen because like you know we're not we're we're barely two two years out so mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if they could bring it back like uh, for a second movie yeah and i like that it ends in a way that it 
it's like you're you're hoping that there could be a second one. It could lead very easily to a uh-huh. second one. But if this is it, like you don't feel cheated. It doesn't feel like it's like there's more story and this is all I'm getting. It it does balance that very well, I think. Yeah, because I guess like it's the way like now that they got solved the backstory of 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 this one that frame story mm-hmm. as you said um how they could possibly you know get the people that were lost except for i think like the the jock like i think that guy's dead like you know for sure yeah, no, but he's he's but, he's a new scarecrow yeah but the other ones that essentially got absorbed somewhere into nothing yeah. that became it went into nothingness i think like Tommy Milner kind of, uh-huh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I don't know how they're going to like do that frame story and have more scary stories written. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, there is a possibility because like it, w- it still wasn't clear how she, like if, if there's like an element of that she learned this or if it was just out of scorn or, or if like, I guess they could say like, like it's a phenomenon that happens like two people that were scorned so they'll encounter another restless spirit you know that that was that was scorned that has their own book of stories so that that could possibly come out come around but but yeah but yeah like you said it it it, it could be satisfied like okay no, they're gonna like find try to find it and then also they could like with they could still keep them aged you know like as many years as they can and just write it off to like that they've been trying to do you know trying to find the solution for years and stuff like that so have tommy come back from vietnam or something you know yeah 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 sweet i mean i i definitely recommend it um i I, I, there's some horror movies that i like to call starters like starter horror horror movies you know before you get into the big ones and i definitely recommend this one as like a starter one that like is pretty much what you guys were saying and you know it's it's scary but it's not gory or graphic it's 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 disturbing enough where you're like okay cool i can dig this you know i feel like even some people might be able to show their kids you know but yeah definitely this one i i would put it in the in the starter kind of subgenre. yeah for sure all right well uh everyone out there thank you for listening we, we hope you're having a very Good Halloween. But as I said at the start, we have been the Undercast Company. Um, you know, if you liked what you heard, we have a new episode every other Monday. So just go ahead and subscribe to us however you listen. Or, you know, if you're listening, just listening, you can check out the audio or the video version on YouTube. Or if you're on YouTube, you know, vice versa. We do a couple other podcasty things. Um, I have a podcast called Infinity Stones and Dragon Bones where we all talk about the latest Marvel stuff that's kind of released intermittently whenever there's a new Marvel thing. And Ariel also has a podcast that comes out the first of every month called You've Never Seen, where we talk about movies that we really should have seen at this point. Um, you know, So uh, she'll introduce us to a film, or we'll introduce her to a film sometimes, and we just kind of talk about why it's iconic or you know, legendary. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you everyone so much for listening, um, and I will see you in another live. Bye, thanks for being amazing. Take it easy, everybody, and happy Halloween. Sixty-nine, dudes!